Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yes, sir. One, two, one, two. Another edition of the Guard Your Girl Boxing Podcast. It might be your man right here, Roberto Flack, tonight. Uh, right in Dolo, um, we had to do an impromptu show today. You know, things got a little hectic yesterday, but had to do a show, even if it's just me, because there's so much to cover um, between last weekend and this weekend. As you know, we've been saying throughout the you know the weeks prior, there's just so much boxing on, like throughout April, going into May, and now even just going into June. Uh, with fights that have uh, been announced um, as recent as this week, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, so much to cover, man. But you know, we're gonna try to. I'm, at least I'm gonna try to run through it uh, as quick as I can. But you know, again, man. Obviously, the talk of this past weekend was Gennady Golovkin versus Dominic Wade, and the undercard too, which was uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez, uh, pound for pound, ranked number one in the world. Uh, facing McWilliams Arroyo from Puerto Rico. Um, you know, I'll touch on that real quick, but, um, you know, as far as me mentioning fights that have been announced, you know, before I get into, you know, really just uh, covering those two fights, um, what we've kind of been talking about as far as it relates to the 140-pound division, uh, we are going to see Terrence Crawford versus Victor Postol July 23rd on pay-per-view. Uh, there's going to be uh, a formal official announcement. There's little things that have to be touched on, but it's a go. Uh, it's going to be a unification fight. And, you know, these are the type of fights we need to see. And me and Coltrane and Ryder Die have been uh, talking about this fight as it relates to the really the future uh, of Terrence Crawford if he gets past this fight because you know these these are the type of fights that you don't see a lot of these up and coming fighters take to really um I don't want to say get their feet wet but I mean this is a, a step up in competition not only for Victor Postel but for Terrence Crawford as well. So they I, I was reading uh some things about the undercard about it featuring uh, Gilberto Ramirez, uh the super middleweight who won the WBO title, uh, super middleweight title from uh, Arthur Abraham uh, a couple weeks ago. So I, I believe he's going to get a feature on there. They're, they're saying it's going to be like a quote-unquote Latin type of um, feel, what have you, you know, you know Bob Arum. So um, that's going to be a, a hell of a fight. And then they're, they've also announced uh, Carl Frampton moving up to featherweight to face uh, Leo Santa Cruz. And that's going to be at the Barclays Center. And I'm not sure of the date. I have to double check. But they just formally announced that fight. So, you know, on top of that, um, <laughs> Thurman versus Porter, which we knew was, was uh, obviously happening. They did the formal press conference. That's going to take place uh, at the Barclays Center as well. And 
<laughs> my man ride or die, <laughs> you know, shout to him, man. He couldn't make it tonight. But, I mean, he's been very vocal about uh, Keith Thurman as relates to Sean Porter and just really some of the things he's been saying. But at the same time, it was pretty interesting to see uh, Keith Thurman um, with his hair all out, you know, looking like a lion and everything. And um, basically telling Porter in a way, like, I love you, bro, but I'm going to knock you out. And I'm, again, man, I'm excited for this fight because for um, a, lot of the, a, a lot of the naysayers for Keith Thurman, and, and I'm not like one of them, but I'm kind of on the boat of, you know, I want to see how you perform in this fight, especially coming off of this um, quote-unquote accident. And I, I think uh, for Sean Porter, we've seen him in there with the Kell Brooks, who, again, is a guy that has beaten Sean Porter. So it, it, it's, it's an interesting fight, and I think if Keith Thurman can get past this fight, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really tell um, – or it's going to get interesting as far as what his next uh, target will be. And he's been calling out Danny Garcia, but really hasn't been talking about Errol Spence. So <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on that, um, you, know, I, you know, obviously when the, when the fight comes, which is obviously going to take place in June on CBS. So, yes, this past weekend we had the doubleheader on HBO and we had, uh, like I said before, the undercard, uh, Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez against McWilliams Arroyo from Puerto Rico. And like we, like most of us, I, I guess, expected, um, you know, Chocolatito Gonzalez is a hell of a fighter, man. Um, I, we're seeing him against good level competition and while Arroyo showed signs of, of being able to like land some pretty good shots on Chocolatito, I think just the work rate and and the precision man that that um Chocolatito has, man, is just uh you, you know, just even beyond you know, people think of like Pacquiao when he was you know, at that weight and and I think I think uh Chocolatito is a better technician, I would say, at that weight than Pacquiao was, where he wasn't really fine-tuned until, like, you know, he, he got up a, a little more in weight. But, the, you know, the talk is now that Chocolatito is going to move up in weight to 115, which, again, opens up the floodgates for the potential fights that he can have uh, with that <laughs> Japanese that Japanese buzzsaw, who I, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, it, that I, and I've seen him fight a few times, man. I mean, wow, that'll be a hell of a fight if and when that gets made. But just other, you know, just him moving up and way. I mean, he comes in like one twenty six, one twenty seven. Which again, man, I I think if Rigandale can't get a fight, man, I would say like you know try to call him out at like a one eighteen catchweight. Um, which meaning Chocolatito Gonzalez and Rigandale, that'd be a hell of a fight, man. But again, I'm kind of daydreaming in that sense. Um, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what occurs in the next, um, in his next outing, but on to the main event, triple G Gennady Golovkin against Dominic Wade. And like, again, most of us expected a total mismatch and, uh, you know, Dominic Wade is an undefeated fighter had fought Sam Solomon in a fight that, you know, um, didn't really look great in, and some people would argue he might have won or lost. I mean, I, I didn't watch the fight much to really make that much of a case. But um, he, again, man, it, 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 it was kind of um, a steamrolling 
you know, almost, and I almost, or I actually did see uh, Golovkin at a point just kind of put his hands down and, and, and let Wade throw punches at him. And, and, and he kind of waved. And, and I'm like, wow. You know, and, and it led me to believe that, like, after this point, and, and we were talking about this on the, on our chat, <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you know, Golovkin stops Wade in the second round and he, he calls out Canelo Alvarez. And the joke was, is, you know, give me my belt. I need my belt. And, you know, that, that, that's a whole other can of worms uh, we'll, we'll tackle after May 7th as far as what, ha- what occurs with Canelo and uh, Amir Khan. But, um, again, man, I, I, I think the sentiments between not only, you know, my man Coltrane, ride or die, uh, the whole crew really, including myself, uh, we need to see Golovkin in some, in some fights. And, and shout to Coltrane. Um, they need to get creative, uh, Golovkin's team, and they need to figure out angles to gain some type of um, interest with with the general public. Because I'll tell you something, I I, I spoke, you know, I I, I have a, a you know friend of mine who's um, a quasi boxing fan, uh, more more of a UFC fan, <laughs> mind you, but he he loves boxing, you know. But I'm like his source, and you know, he, he knows about Golovkin, you know, and, and naturally because uh, Golovkin's made it on SportsCenter, you know, whether it's like knockout of the week or when they got featured on Sports Nation and, and things of that nature. So, you know, people naturally know who uh, Golovkin is if, they, if, you, if you see a picture of him, um, if you're somebody who watches sports, right? So he even asked me, like, yo, like, or I had mentioned to him, like, yo, he's fighting this weekend. And he's like, yeah, but who is he fighting? You know, so with, with the general public, man, like they're starting to kind of catch wind. Like, all right, well, who who who's this guy fighting? You know what I mean? And wh- I I think Golovkin has the aura that in a way that Tyson had in the '80s, where he was just demolishing the, these guys. Now, mind you, I mean, he was fighting the WBA, the 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 you know the IBF and the, and the WBC heavyweight champions at like 21 years old, man. So. I mean, you got to give him that, but I mean, I, I think for a long period of time, you know, he was just fighting fringe contenders and just like knocking the hell out of them. But like everybody was taking notice, like, yo, who the hell is this kid? Um, I, I, I think again, man, like, I, I think it's just like it's split down the middle between people who, uh, like Gennady Golovkin. And, and just like to support the guy no matter what, and then there's like other people like I I think where I fall in line where I I like the guy's fighting style and I see things where I'm like yo this guy's really good and he's not just like a brawler but it's it's almost like what happened with Canelo and it's it's ironic that it's Canelo um, that I make the comparison of because I think for a long time we were looking at Canelo um, before he got in these fights with Austin Trout and Lara and then you know, obviously Floyd and and Cotto, uh, where he was fighting, like, older fighters, and he was fighting, again, like, you know, these these small welterweights coming up <laughs> and, and, and what have you, until he got in there with Austin Trout, and then we started to kind of see, like, okay, he's got, he's, he's got a little bit of game, though Trout really, you know, did come back in that fight and, and made, it, made it a tough fight. The Floyd fight, I mean... What can you say about that fight, really? And then with the Lara fight, again, man, difficult style, 
but Laura himself, like, didn't really uh, – even though, like, if you think he won, it wasn't by, like, a long stretch, you know, or, or even, like, one that you can't argue that can't be, you know, debated. But nevertheless, Canelo went for a while where people were kind of criticizing, like, you know, who have you fought? But now you can't really say that, you know, because he's fought a certain level of guys, you know what I'm saying? And Golovkin, while at middleweight, he's fought, granted, guys that have been former champions, have been ranked maybe like number five or number four, or, or I think Lemieux was number two. He hasn't fought that top level of, of either name or opposition that you could say, like for even the boxing fan that, that would raise the eyebrow. And the only two names that come up from, as far as I see, is Arizlandi Lara and Andre Ward. And uh, the Andre Ward fight, I think we can all say that's not going to happen in any remote future. <laughs> or or, or, or so let me rephrase that, like anytime soon, but that might be like a, a last fight for both. But I think with Arizlandi Lara, again, man, like he's fighting on the undercard of the Jamal Charlo, um, uh, Austin Trout fight, unless like that's the main event. I mean, I don't know which one they're doing, but it's kind of weird, man. You know, and it's funny how I make the, the comparison to Canelo where, you know, people were criticizing Canelo, like, man, you haven't fought anybody. And, and people were chasing Canelo. I don't really see that with Golovkin. And, and that's kind of the point I've been making with the crew, because it sounds like, I, I defend Golovkin in, 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 in such, but, like, I'm of the opinion that they need to, like like I said, shout to my man Coltrane who made this point, like, they need to get creative with the matchups to garner, like, serious attention um, where you could see him in a fight, like, wow, okay, what what might happen in that fight? And that's why I, I, I suppose people talk about him fighting a 168-pounder being that there's really no middleweight outside of Canelo that would gain interest for people for you know that you know for Golovkin to fight where it would be like somewhat of a challenge, and and then and that and then there's you know the whole Lara factor and again like I just don't think like Lara or his people have made any real consent or any real attempt to make uh, a, an offer for that fight you know what I mean and even like Dominic Wade is a Heyman fighter, uh, Lara is a Heyman fighter. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a, it would be a, a, a difficult fight, you know, for Golovkin in relation to what he's seen, but I think with guys like Laura, Danny Jacobs and such, they want a certain dollar sign that like, unfortunately you still can't get with Golovkin, which is why we're probably not going to see the Canelo fight yet. And there's been this talk about Canelo getting stripped from the WBC if he doesn't uh, uh, honor to, you know, I guess the agreement that they had, um, a signed agreement, what have you, uh, you know, mind you, uh, that after May 7th, he, they need to negotiate and come up with, a, 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 you know, a, a fight plan or Canelo's getting stripped. And again, we'll see if the WBC uh, mandates that. If that occurs, it kind of will really test the, the – it, it, it's almost like 
calling the bluff in a way where we'll see if that's what Golovkin and team really want or do they really want the money to fight Canelo because that would be Canelo's thing because he really, I mean, think about it, man. He doesn't need the WBC title. He really doesn't. He could say, look, here's, I, I won the title. It, now, I would say it would, it would, on the opposite end, it would, I think it would be with the Mexican fan base a little disgraceful. And I've talked, and I have, I've, I have, you know, friends over in LA and, and some in Texas that, you know, either listen to the show or have followed my videos on YouTube where they're like, on, they're kind of on that boat where they like Canelo, but it's like, yo, like if you do something like that, that's kind of like disgraceful, you know? So that's why it, it, the pressure for that fight, honestly, is more on the side of Canelo than it is with Golovkin because if they just want the belt and they want to unify the titles and then they want to move up and fight a middleweight, a super middleweight, that would be ideal for me. If Canelo doesn't come to the plate, I would say wrap up the belts, uh, unify the title, and then go up and fight the the winner of the Gale and Jack. To me, or, or if you know whoever, if if that fight gets you know situated, and we'll talk about that in a second. That would be the ideal situation if the Canelo fight can't get made, and that's kind of the thing, man. Like I, I there, there's just this. I, I don't know, a rumor, again, this is boxing, Caesar, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Throughout, you know, threw down the gauntlet as far as uh, wanting to fight uh, Gennady Golovkin on, on, on the Mexican, uh, was it the, 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 the Mexican, yeah, the Mexican Independence Day, uh, which is like in September, which ideally would be Canelo's day, but if you think about it, um, Chavez Jr. doesn't have a big fan base as far as, like, you know, when you compare, compare to Canelo. But when you add Triple G into the equation, and again, this guy close to sold out 16,000 at, at, at the forum, he can, that fight can generate a lot of people, th- th- their attention, on top of the fact that, like, this would be a bigger guy against, you know, Triple G. The only thing is there would be some slight criticism being like, oh, well, you'll go up to 168 to fight Chavez Jr., but not Andre Ward. And again, I get it. You know, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, we'll have to see as far as that, that's concerned, man. I mean, we, we, we're really not going to know um, how things are going to work out between Canelo and Triple G when, when, as it relates to them fighting this year. If you were to ask me right now <laughs> – my money is on them not fighting now, but likely in May of next year. They want to build it up. And Coltrane brought this up, man, and he might be like – he might be the prophecy <laughs> of the crew, man, because they, I have this – he had a feeling, and he talked about it, and I have an eerie feeling too that if Canelo Alvarez beats Amir Khan, they're really going to approach this Manny Pacquiao fight. And it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. But Canelo Alvarez, if he doesn't fight Gennady Golovkin, he needs another high premier profile fight. And I think even to the point where he would even drop in weight a little bit, to make a fight with Manny Pacquiao. 
So, and which would, I, I don't care what people say, whether you think it, it's a slaughter, because you know what that would look like? They would compare it to Manny Pacquiao, or, or excuse me, it would be like George Foreman fighting uh, Muhammad Ali. It, it's that same storyline, the older fighter against the young bull, and it's that type of scenario that can play out. They can sell that fight. And I wasn't a believer until, you know, Coltrane told me, and he's like, yo, man, I'm telling you. And, and then I really sat and thought about it, and I'm like, hmm. And Freddie has been kind of vocal about it. So with that being said, that would leave Golovkin with needing a dance partner that you can kind of hold up and say, you know what, this is an event. Billy Joe Saunders, to me, isn't that fight, man. And you, he can go to the U.K. and he'll sell tickets there. Trust me. If him and Billy Joe Saunders do fight in the U.K., that'll be fucking huge. Excuse my language. Um, but I, I think at the same time, for a high-profile pay-per-view fight, some would argue Chavez Jr. won't be a big attraction, whatever, but... It's kind of crazy. Like he did 500,000 with Sergio Martinez, who had never been on pay per view. Um, you just never know. I mean, no, the, I have a whole thing with, with, with pay per view and where I think that's headed, but that's a whole other show. But I think, uh, you know, like what I've been saying, they need to get creative. They, they need to get um, Golovkin in fights that are going to intrigue not only the boxing public but the general public because like i said i i have casual fight fans who like him but they're kind of at a point where it's like okay man like um not that not the jig is up but it's like yo we need to see him in some in, in some top level fights and i agree i i definitely agree man and i'm on that boat and i think they really, they really need to target a, 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 a good fight. Another option I've been hearing is that the WBA are saying that they want to make Danny Jacobs, who's the regular WBA champion again, I understand. Uh, they, they want to make him uh, the WBA champion. Uh, well, have him fight Golovkin to kind of crown the, the full, you know, undisputed WBA champion. And that will be a good fight for him, I think. You know, Danny Jacobs, again, is a guy, fought uh, Dimitri Pirog, and, and that was kind of like his roadblock. But, he, again, he overcame cancer, knocked out Peter Quillen in, in, in the one round. If they did that fight in New York, it would be a sellout at Barclays Center. No doubt about it. Um, again, another Heyman fighter, but Dominic Wade is a Heyman fighter. Um, I, I really, again, it comes down to money. They'd have to figure that whole situation out. I'd love to see that fight. And that would be a big fight, I think, in New York. Um, does it deserve pay-per-view branding? I don't think so. But, again, you know how, you know how things roll, man. So um, we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see what transpires in the next couple of months as it relates to Gennady Golovkin, his future, and, again, the future of uh, Canelo Khan, which we're <laughs> going to be talking about next week. So... On to matters at hand. Um, like I said, man, April, uh, and from March leading into April, has been um, just flooded with boxing, man. And, the re you know, again, we, we had to, I had to do an impromptu show, man, because, I mean, just this week, 
there's too much fights to cover that, you know, I, we can't slack off, man. So, uh, it's like this weekend alone, we got three fights or, or three cards, uh, mind you. And to tell you the truth, even talk, you know, speaking now, <clears throat> we, we had, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you would call it an upset in the 130 pound division. Takashi Uchiyama was the WBA junior lightweight champion was knocked out by, uh, um, Jezreel Corrales, and wow, <laughs> you know, like that was um, kind of uh, unexpected, I, you know, and obviously it took place in Tokyo, so, you know, we, we, we got the news earlier, and I saw the footage of it, and I mean, he got quite, I think it was like a, a, a like a right hook, and he just flattened, got back up, and, and just got dropped three times, and, you know, the, the fight was stopped, man, so... Uh, you know, we got a new WBA junior lightweight champion, Jezreel Corrales. So if you go on YouTube, um, you know, you'll just, you'll be able to find it. So um, on to matters at hand this weekend. Uh, kind of for this went over, um, <laughs> kind of went over our heads this uh, this Friday. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the Durrell brothers uh, are going to be on PBC on Spike. Uh, Anthony Durrell is going to f- uh, fight Khaled Traou. And Andre Durrell is going to fight uh, Blake Capallero. Uh Again, that's going to be uh, at Atlantic City. I don't know if it's going to be in a Boardwalk. Uh, doesn't say. But, yeah, that's going to be uh, this weekend <coughs> on uh, PVC on Spike. And, you know, the Durrell brothers, man, it, it, it's um, – Again, man, like they, they, they've, they, they, we've seen them for so many years, and if you date back, man, I mean, we, we've seen <laughs> the Durrell brothers for quite a long time, man, and you know, at, at, at super middleweight, that you know, that division, you know, it's moderately stacked, and you know, the top two are obviously uh, Battle Jack and James DeGale, and they're going to be on, you know, this this weekend's card, which I'll talk about in a second. I feel like they never get included in that equation, so to speak. And you know, we we've we've kind of made the talk about how, how they just never, you know, win the big one. Whether you know people argue they might have, or you know, Andre the might have won a fight here or there, um, and got kind of screwed. But um, we'll we'll see what happens after after this card, as it pertains to you know their future. Uh, you know, predominantly, you know, Andre the Real, um, you know, who we, out of the, out of both brothers, I think we were seeing, like, we was going to fight, or, you know, fight the, the upper echelon, but, I mean, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, I mean, they're both talented fighters, I mean, we can't deny that, um, these guys that they're fighting, I mean, I think they're fights that are made for them to win, so, you know, they can obviously, you know, go on to a bigger and better fight. So, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to touch back and see what transpires. So, uh, Showtime this weekend, man. Uh, doubleheader, uh, which looks as if, like, kind of like what they used to do back in the day. And Showtime kind of did this, too, um, where they would pin, you know, point, you know do doubleheaders of fighters that were going to, you know, inevitably, inevitably fight one another. And we're going to have Badu Jack and Lucien Boutte, 12 rounds uh, for the WBC Super Middleweight title, uh, which is going to be um, in Washington, D.C., which has been having a lot of fights, man, in the, in, the, 
in the, you know, between like the the fights in the Barclays Center and fights in DC. Um, again, this is another Al Heyman production. So you know, they've been really targeting the East Coast, man, because I feel like the East Coast. Uh, during the pay-per-view era, man, has been kind of neglected a little bit outside of, like, Miguel Cotto um, and, and a, a couple of Trinidad fights, but, like, you know, obviously from way before. But, you know, it's, it's good to see some fights back on the East Coast. And, you know, it's going to be Battle Jack against Lucien Butte. And, you know, that's just a good fight, man. Uh, this is kind of like a slept-on fight to me, man. And, again, it, we've just been swamped with fights, man. But I, I think... Um, you know, we're going to see James DeGale and uh, Rogelio Medina for DeGale's IBF title. And, you know, the, the hope is is that both guys, you know, Badu Jack and DeGale win and, and go into a, a, a unification fight, which would be great, you know. And uh, I, I think out of both, Badu Jack has probably the tougher task because, uh, you know, obviously Lucien Butte has been in there with some greats. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I, I would say at least he's been – He's fought top level guys, you know. Obviously, you know the Carl Frotch fight and and things as such. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting fight, man. I mean, I, I like Battle Jack. I like his attitude. Um, this is this is an interesting fight, man. I, I I think stylistically, this could favor Battle Jack, and I'm picking him to win, man. But like very slightly, man. I mean, I think this is gonna be another close fight because Lucien Butte in his last fight. Uh, didn't look bad, man, and he made it a tough fight, too, so um, uh, I'm excited to see that fight, and then, you know, like I said, James DeGale versus uh, Rogelio, Porky, Medina, uh, I think this is, you know, a, a, I don't want to say, like, a, a tougher fight than Baru Jack and Lucien Butte, but, I mean, I think DeGale shouldn't sleep on uh, Medina at all, but um, I, I, I like what I see in DeGale, too, and in, there's some spots I don't like, but, I mean, I think for the most part, he, he's a solid guy, man. I mean, Olympian, uh, world champion now, and uh, I, I really hope it sets up for this fight, man, because, I mean, that'd be great to have a unification fight um, at super middleweight. You know, now that, you know, Andre Ward has gone up to light heavyweight, it's kind of like solidifying who the real super middleweight is, which, again, brings me back to the whole uh, Golovkin factor where, you know, it could create a path for the, whether Canelo keeps the title or what have you, uh, I think the recognized, and it's funny, Michael Buffer was calling him the undisputed middleweight champion. I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, so, so I think it kind of sets a gateway or, or path for Golovkin to say, yo, you know what? The, the, the unified super middle or unified middleweight champion versus a unified super middleweight champion. And he goes to the UK. And let's just say it's DeGale. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be battle Jack at the same time. Um, that sets up for a big fight. You know what I'm saying? Those are the type of fights that if he can't land a Canelo fight, you got to create your own path, man. I mean, don't, don't be like, like kind of like what Amir Khan is. I mean, granted, he's got the Canelo fight coming up, but it's like, um, I feel like uh, Amir Khan, while he's fight, he's fought top fighters. I think he 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 could have taken other fights as well. That, um, you know, you didn't have to chase Floyd and Pacquiao for the for the big money, man, and, and kind of create your own path. But and needless to say, man, what, I mean, whatever. I mean, he got the Canelo fight, and, and, and he's got balls for taking that fight, if you ask me. But uh, any case, man, I think the the the, the 
the big fight at hand, man, uh, this weekend on Fox, PBC on Fox. And PBC uh, it has been the majority of these fights, man, uh, on, on um, obviously network TV. But uh, as far as uh, fights from March to now ha- have been predominantly of, uh, you know, Al Heyman production, man. So uh, shout to, or should I say thank you, Al Heyman. Uh, Victor Ortiz versus Andre Berto, the rematch. Um, look, man, the first fight was fun. Um, both guys just uh, <laughs> said whatever to defense and gave us kind of like an old-school throwback, um, you know, backyard fight, man. I mean, that's pretty much all it really was. Uh, both guys got dropped. Um, <clears throat> you know, Victor Ortiz came out of there, the victor, which ironically landed him the Floyd Mayweather fight. <laughs> and both guys now fighting uh, in a rematch. Both have fought Floyd now. Um, the question is, <clears throat> between both guys, who's the more conditioned guy? Uh, who, who's who been the more active? Obviously, he's been Andre Berto. And, 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 and even to say... Both guys have really seen the, the, their share of, um, uh, I, I should say, uh, fallbacks or, or, or I should say uh, mishaps. When, when you when you see like the the Luis Collazo fight uh, when he knocked out Victor Ortiz and Victor Ortiz kind of just like decided not to get up, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Andre Berto, you know, losing to Soto Caras and. and you know, you got the Floyd fight, and you know, just you know, Floyd kind of like, admittedly, didn't he had to use his C game on purpose, which is like kind of degrading. <laughs> but um, I think both of these guys, man, I mean, they're gonna make for a fun fight. Who do I have winning? Uh, it's a coin toss, man, because both guys have enough power to at least rock the other. I don't know where Victor Ortiz mentally is at. He was training with Joel Diaz. He left. Um, Joel Diaz was saying, you know, he was just wanting to be with, you know, a circle of guys that, you know, that just some of them were into boxing. I guess some weren't. And, you know, he just kind of wanted to do his thing. But um, I forgot who who I saw that he was training with. Uh, you know, probably y'all are gonna kill me, but like, <laughs> I just I haven't been paying much to attention to this fight, honestly. Um, I just think um, it's kind of a coin toss, man. I mean, if you ask me, I might kind of lean towards Berto, only because I I think he's he, he's probably got his mind more in boxing than Victor Ortiz does, who's looking I, I would say looking past boxing more than anything, and you know, trying to get into movies and everything, and he doesn't want to get hurt. And I, I think if it came down to war wills, I mean, I think at this point, man, like at least it seems to me that Andre Berto would kind of outlast Victor Ortiz at this point, man, because that's kind of been Victor Ortiz's MO, you know, or or at least kind of the stigma coming off of the Madonna fight and as it led on, you know, he just kind of like quits, you know. Uh, but we'll see, man. I mean, maybe, maybe he'll surprise us and, you know, he just, he, he'll, he'll, you know, show up and get serious, but I just don't think he will. And, and I think out of both, Berto probably has better people around him, I would say, or maybe he's got a little more focus. But it's a crapshoot, man. When you got power in there and you're just throwing recklessly, um, anything can happen, man. So but I'm going to lean towards Andre Berto. Should be a fun fight, the type of fight they want to put on Fox, you know, for, on, on, you know, headlining. Uh, Fernando Montiel is going to be on this card. He's fighting Jorge Lara. 
And he said initially he was supposed to fight Abner Mars, but they moved him over to fight uh, Jesus Cuellar, which is, to me is a better fight anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's going to be on um, PBC on Fox Saturday night. And, again, man, um, these uh, network fights, I mean, I love them. You know, some fights, again, aren't mismatches. Or they are, I'm saying like they are mismatches, but I mean, not every fight is going to be a top level fight. And I kind of know that, but uh, I'll take, I'll take this fight. I mean, it's not, it's not killing me, you know what I mean? But I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch on it next week. And that's pretty much the show, man. I mean, uh, we're going to, we're going to obviously talk more next week as it leads into Cinco de Mayo weekend, Canelo Alvarez first, uh, facing Amir Khan. And another card we haven't really been talking about, Curtis Stevens and Patrick Teixeira, Mauricio Herrera, Frankie Gomez, David Lemieux, and Glenn Tapia. Not incredible, but, you know, some, some decent uh, fights might come out of that. We're going to be talking about that fight uh, May 7th taking place and you know it's going to lead into may man where you know again just a lot of fights coming our way uh you know there's fights on showtime and you know there, there's uh a bet card which i was going to hit up the crew about uh dusty hernandez harrison against michael dallas jr um that's I don't know whose production that is, but wow, okay, they're they're doing the BET card again, and um, there there's some fights on CBC, uh, CBS Sports Net, which for those who aren't aware, Jim Ross has signed. You know, those who uh, know about pro wrestling, you know, obviously Jim Ross is in a sense a household name at this point. He's doing the CBS Sports fights, so I'm wondering if he's going to do this fight that I believe takes place. May 13th, it's it's going to be on CB, uh, I don't know the time, but it's a knockout night at the D, so I'm assuming in Detroit. <laughs> um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of see uh, how that transpires. But yeah, look, going into May, going into June, man, we got a lot of fights to cover, and it's kind of the first half of the year is going to start to wrap up soon, man, and it's just like crazy how fast uh, time is going. So uh, that's pretty much the show, man. Uh, thanks for uh, rocking with me, man. Rocking Dolo. Uh, shout out to Coltrane. Shout out to Ride or Die, man. And uh, follow us at Garage Grill Boxing on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Roberto underscore Flack. Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can follow me Roberto Flack TV on YouTube. Uh, gonna be uh, filming more videos now, man. Got my setup fixed finally, and um, gonna get back on and rolling. So until next week, salute, and I'm out of here, man. Peace.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.